Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. And today, I'm very excited to have a Texas librarian with us named Caitlin Carpenter. So Caitlin, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background in the library. All right, thank you so much for having me. Um, so this past year was my first year as a librarian in Fort Bend ISD. Okay. Uh, this is my seventh year, or will be my seventh year in education. So I taught for about five years. Um, I have teaching certificates in Louisiana, Texas, and South Carolina. Okay. Um, and was really excited to move back to Texas. I was here when I first started teaching and then um, my husband got transferred and we moved to Greenville, South Carolina for a couple years. Okay. Um, and that's when I kind of started my journey um, for my MLS. Um, my graduate school is through Sam Houston State and I got accepted and then we found out we were moving to South Carolina. <laughs> so um, it, it was a journey. I was in the program for about a year and a half. And then I was approaching kind of the point that I needed to be able to do my um, practicum mm -hmm. and things in South Carolina. They were like, yeah, we need librarians, but we also need teachers and we can't let you work during your off periods we can't let you do any like double up on anything um, they just weren't super supportive so i ended up um deferring for a year okay um, so that i could kind of i needed to get um the program approved in south carolina which i did get it approved okay. um, but just because of other things once we found out we were moving back to texas i was like all right, get back into school immediately. Um, and then I was actually able to um, get my first position once we moved back here. Uh, a few of the people that I actually started teaching with and did my undergrad with are current teachers at my um, current school. So nice. it's been really exciting. Yeah, and that, that is a challenge for so many because not, you know, library schools are far and few between. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's, we're fortunate that so many of them are online and, you, you know, you got to experience that part of it. But then when you get to the, the end and, and you do need a practicum, then that's where a little bit of work, you know, comes in trying to figure that out. So I'm glad yeah. it all worked out for you. That is awesome. Very, very good. So you've had your first year in the library. Um, what, what has that been like for you? Oh, it was amazing. Um, honestly, like it's been the craziest year. Um, with everything, but also at the same time, I wouldn't change any of it. Um, it's been amazing. It's been a big kind of learning experience, but um, like there's a sense of freedom to being able to be in the library. Mm -hmm. um, I always felt that as a teacher when I went into the library and it was like a breath of fresh air, mm -hmm. um, but being a librarian, it it's beyond my wildest dreams because like I'm able to kind of build relationships and community with people way outside of the scope that I would have ever able to do in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and I also have kind of a freedom to 
like fail forward, like try things. And if they don't work and experiment and see what does work and what doesn't work without the pressure of, you know, having set curriculum that I have to do at all times or a test at the end of the year. I know that everything I'm trying to do is going to help with that, but I'm not having to teach to the test like I had been doing before. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I always consider myself an introvert, you know, and, and when I got in the library and I started realizing, man, you, I really have to reach out, but you can do it. You know, it doesn't matter if you're extrovert or introvert, you know, there's ways to start mm-hmm. building, you know, those relationships. It's just a, it can be a slow process or a quick process, you know, just depending on your personality and how you go about that. But that, yeah, relationships are definitely, definitely key. So when you're, you're thinking back to um, a year ago from now, what is there anything that you wish you had known as you were getting ready to start that first year? Um, I'm not really sure there is anything I wish I would have known because, you know, uh, the way the profession is set up and, and the way um, everything has gone, I feel like I've been able to learn at each step. Okay. And I have had really supportive people with me that have kind of been like, it's okay. Um, but I've realized a lot that I'm kind of that type A person. Like I want, I like having control. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it made for really great things when I was teaching, but in the library, I've had to kind of change that focus or that mindset a little bit. Um, so I just say like, flexibility is key. I I feel like my administrators and my teachers have really um, appreciated that in me um, once I learned it after the first month or so. (laughs) Um, That, you know, it's about being a good team sport and making sure that you are there to support them and that they know that you're there to support them while also having some sort of boundaries as well so that you can still do your job. Um, which has been a big thing at the very beginning, I was seeing maybe a little too accommodating. Okay. And then, um, so I've been able to kind of set some boundaries like, um, for scheduling and things like that. Cause we are on a flexible schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I had created a, we're a Microsoft district. So a Microsoft form that they fill out each time. And okay. it was mostly for, you know, data purposes so that I could remember why they came in, give me that extra information. Um, cause our library is a little further out. It's not centralized on our campus. Um, it used to be a gym. Ah. They, they redid the gym in 98 and created the library. Okay. Um, so it's kind of out of the way for a lot of the teachers. So that way I can, follow up with them if I have questions and we can do some scheduling that way, but I'm still flexible enough that if somebody's running in on the day of like my projector stopped working and I need to do this or like, I'm able to be like, just breathe. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Um, I have all of this space for you. (laughs) I am here for you. Let's do this. And then after like the first class or so and everything is calmed down, I'll be like, and can you still fill out that form? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, 
I am happy to accommodate you, but I also want to have all of this data for later. I, I want to know why you're coming in, what yeah. we're able to get done, because I'm not going to be able to remember six months down the road exactly what we did. Right. Um, which I think they, some of them were a little resistant to, but overall they were like, oh, okay, I see the purpose for this because it makes what we do together more effective um, in the long run. Yeah. You know, we'll be able to do something like this again next year without necessarily me running into the library going, ah, the yeah. entire time. And, and what grade level do you work with? Um, I am a, in a high school, so it's 9 through 12. Okay. All right. Very good. And I'm still trying to picture converting a gym into a library. You know, I've seen where they open classrooms up. But does it, do you still have like that huge vaulted ceiling? And uh, so they, they did drop the ceiling a little bit. Um, so you can't see all of the um, like piping and stuff that used to be up there. Um, but it sometimes felt like a cave. Okay. Uh, we, we did have new lights put in this year. Uh, which was really exciting, except for they put it in over spring break. So the only people who have seen it is me. Just, um, just me. And then the people who actually had to come in and check out, and they're like, what did you do? Wow. Something is different. And I'm like, it's because you can actually see. Um, <laughs> you can see all the things that I've done because the lights are actually on and working. Um, but it, it's really interesting um i tell people i run on the basketball court all day because the the library itself is a regulation size basketball court and then we have a um basic a conference room type area for like small group um instruction that used to be the locker room all right and then my office used to be the showers and i try <laughs> not to think about that <laughs> But it does come with its own bathroom back there. So, you know, that, that is a positive. Yeah. Oh, very good. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, still thinking back to the beginning, uh, is there anything else that you can think of maybe that you might have done differently or started sooner? Because as you know, you know, COVID-19 started three-fourths of the way through your first year. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure you learned a lot through that. Yeah. Um, I really think that... Um, Creating an online space would have been really beneficial for me to start earlier um, yeah. in the school year. It's one of those things that, um, like, I had a lot of success with our online um, space. We have Schoology for our learning management system, right. and being able to get I think it ended up being about 8,000 people into that course because it was our entire staff. It was every student and then their parents oh, um, wow. all in one course. And, but I really liked what it did was it was able to make me as the librarian more present during COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, I really wish we would have started the online learning space kind of earlier um, it was a little process getting it started because of having to manually add 8,000 people. Oh, wow. But, manually? Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't that terrible. I just had to, you know, click several 
you know, I, w- I would go through and I'd click like maybe a hundred at a time. Okay. Okay. Them in. So it was fine. I didn't have to like manually search up their names. All so right. It could have been much worse. Yes. Um, <laughs> but once I got everybody added, it was, um, it kind of changed the perspective of my admin, my teachers, my students from mm-hmm. seeing the library as just the place that has books. Mm-hmm. Um, I was no longer seen as the book lady as much as I love that title in some ways. Um, but it kind of transferred us over into being the information space. It was like the hub. Um, so it was really great because I was also during COVID working on a, we had a library and hotline where we answered online learning questions. Um, so that was everything from troubleshooting their new computers that they got in to getting them internet or helping them with various things. So I had put information up um, and kind of tagged it up at the top to where it stayed um, in the parent and the student's view at all times on how to get free or reduced internet, how to, uh, apply to get one of our laptops that we were giving out, things like that. And they were like, I, I've been searching for this information for a while and I couldn't find it. Um, so it, it made things really seamless. And towards the end of the semester, I actually had, um, like clubs and sponsors reaching out to me, like our yearbook sponsor had said, Oh, our senior um, editor said that um, I need to send this to you. And I was like, I mean, I don't do anything with your book, but I, I mean, I know I house tons of them and it was just an image telling them when they were going to be able to pick up your books and stuff. Oh. And, and she quoted the student and she said, because the libraries were getting, everybody's actually getting information. Oh, wow. Um, So I was starting to kind of filter in all of this stuff that um, the administration was putting out on Twitter that our students don't really use much anymore. So I would take what they had on Twitter and then I'd put it into our Schoology so that they'd at least have the updates uh, more frequently. And my parents and my students and my staff really responded well to it on top of being able to do kind of virtual uh programming as well awesome so it it was really great and a great learning experience i definitely want to make sure that next year i start off the year with that because once whatever happens in the fall um once we sort of get back to normal there's going to be people who want to advertise for um you know this club or this meeting and when it's going to happen. And those things can easily go through the library because we are that information hub. And now they see me as that, um, which has been really invaluable. That's good. So this is, this has had a positive impact on your role or how people see your role. So that's, that's great. So, you know, last summer as you were getting ready for the year, you, you, you maybe thought you had an idea of what to do to get ready (laughs) during the summertime, but now that you've had a whole year, you know, under your belt and um, what what are you kind of starting to think about this summer? What are you doing to prepare for next year? Um, So I'm going through a kind of 
a few steps of my summer in trying to prepare. One of the first things that I'm doing is trying to figure out the things that kind of going back to the online space, mm -hmm. what worked um, and the students really engaged with. So the things that I need to continue in the fall with our online space, but then also the virtual programming that we had. Right. How can I transfer the success of some of those things into the physical space? Okay. Uh, we did some um, read alouds of, uh, we did a collection of scary stories and we had one of our um, deaf interpreters that would join us each week and we did it once a week and it was pretty successful. Um, so it was kind of, I don't know how many of my high schoolers are going to show up on a Friday afternoon after school to listen to me read, but how can I transfer that success over to the physical space? Mm -hmm. um, so some of that programming. Um, and then I've also realized when it comes to reading as a librarian, I feel like our to be read pile is a million miles long. <laughs> and uh, so I, Invested well, not invested, but I started using NetGalley for um, ebook arcs. Um, okay. That has been really helpful for me because I feel like I'm no longer behind. Okay, I know that there's still a million books for me to read that I haven't gotten to yet, but being able to kind of read the arcs ahead of time and decide, yes, this is definitely something I want to put on my list for next year. Um, and help with kind of my cultivation of my collection. Okay. Um, as a little bit more about NetGalley, like what this is and how you use it, how you get. Yeah. Um, so NetGalley is a online program. It's just netgalley.com. Um, and they have one in, I think every country or all of the major areas. Um, like they have a, a French one and also looks like Deutsch. They have a um, German one as well. Uh, but it, their motto is we help books succeed. So you log in, you set up your profile. Um, they do make it really easy for librarians, educators, readers to become reviewers. And um, you basically request a book. They can approve you or deny you. But once you do, um, you get approved, it will give you basically a Kindle ebook version oh, okay. of the book. So I just have the Kindle app on my phone. Um, it's made things really easy for me. I was not a huge ebook reader. I, I did a lot of audiobooks, and that was more out of necessity than anything else because I had a long commute and it was really easy to listen to books while I was shelving books. Right. or taking on a shifting project and things like that. Um, but it's been really great to kind of read them beforehand. And basically the idea is if you get approved, what they just ask is for an honest review. Okay. And that's it. Uh, so they have you answer about three questions and they might be different for um, the type of reviewer that you are. So as a librarian, you answer specific librarian questions. Would right. you recommend this book for a library list? Would you purchase this for your own library or would you suggest it to purchase for the library? 
Um, so only a few and then you put in your review and um, they do try to make sure that you have about 80% um, review ratio. So of the books that you get, okay. make sure that you review at least 80% of them um, to keep it up or else I guess they wouldn't um, give you more ebooks. I, I don't really know. I haven't gotten to that point because I was like, I must read them all. Yes. Um, so uh, that's been really great because it, it's allowed me to um, kind of preview some of the stuff that I know that my students would like right. and kind of get ahead of that um, in a way for me so that I know those key ones that will be coming out and I've already read them instead of feeling like I'm perpetually behind, you know, running on that treadmill all the time, trying to keep up. That's awesome. Okay, so catching up on your, your new genres, new things that are coming out, mm -hmm. what else are you doing this summer? Um, so I am finishing up my master's. So right now, uh, my portfolio is something that I've been working on. And by doing that, I've been really focusing on looking at um, what I have in my collection. We have 18,000 books in our collection and um, at the high school, and it's still not as large as it should be. And I have weeded a lot and done what I can do to update it, but there's also just the fact that before you get into the library, it's nearly impossible to know all of those um, materials before you start. So it's been a lot of like getting into it, running reports in Destiny, um, to look at the genres, to create online displays. Um, I use Destiny collections all the time. Um, I came up with it at the very beginning of this past year. I thought it was honestly genius of myself, not to give myself a, a pat on the back, but I was like, oh, I thought it was genius for me um, <laughs> because I was like, this is gonna make my life so much easier. But what I did was I created the list of all of the books that I pulled for a physical display, and then I uploaded them into Destiny Collections at the same time. And I would take a picture of the display and upload it as well. Um, that way, if I wanted to use the same display next year, yes, very. Smart. All I had to do was get um, the list of books, and it would make it super easy for me. Uh -huh. But then I also realized with Destiny Collections, because before that I wasn't super familiar with it, uh, was that it put the covers, it put the um, summaries, and all of the topics in there as well that I started just promoting those even more. So I have a student that um, we had one um, display at the beginning of this past year called Killer Thrillers because it was something that all of the kids really liked. Yeah. And one of my little freshman girls, we started a new, um, Kind of reading initiative in the school district so they were promoting a lot of independent reading and around the halfway point or right before um christmas break she finally realized she's like these are my books she's like these are the ones that i love i've tried true crime i've tried a few other things i've tried every like 
but I didn't get into them like I did with these. So she was working her th way through the Destiny Collection list. Okay. So it was really helpful for them because she, even though that display was no longer up because I needed to circulate a little bit more, mm -hmm. she was still able to go back and see and select from those, mm -hmm. which again, I originally did it for me because <laughs> I was like, I want to make my life easier. Right. But it ended up being great for the students as well. Um, so I've been making a few of those um, to see what I have. Like um, right now I would be promoting my um, pride month stuff. Um, so I was making collections of those so that they can still access them online and see what's there. Yeah. And even if our ebook selection is not up to par <laughs> right now. It can grow. <laughs> yeah. It can grow. Well, that's awesome. You're, you're doing some really great, some practical things that are going to help you be save time, you know, next fall and kind of help you be more prepared. So that, that is wonderful. So as you have made this transition this first year from teacher to librarian, you and you mentioned it early on, you know, just realizing all of a sudden the impact that you have campus-wide now, you know, that you never mm -hmm. would have had as a teacher. So what kind of influence, how would you describe the influence a librarian has? I think the librarian themselves, like the position is either going to be one of the most influential positions or it's going to end up being the most forgotten position. Um, and it's sad to say that those are kind of our two options because I can honestly say I never thought I was going to be a librarian. I did not have great experiences with my school librarians um, when I was growing up. And it wasn't till my first job teaching that I worked with my librarian a lot. And she mentioned, she's like, I think you would be really good at this job. Um, I'll be, you know, retiring in a couple years. Uh -huh. And um, that's when I really started considering it. But um, I think the openness and willingness to change and try new things is, especially right now, like going to grow your influence so much more. Um, I feel like I pretend to have a very bubbly personality. <laughs> I, I am not, I can talk a lot, but I'm not like a super big extrovert mm -hmm. or a super big introvert. I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. But when I get really excited about something, I can't stop talking about it. So, um, I, I feel like that's what kind of grew my influence in the school was first just like, who is that? Mm -hmm. um, she's, I, I was dancing, <laughs> legitimately dancing at the end of the school year. Every time a kid drove by and dropped off books, they dropped off a book and I would be like, yes, yes. Uh, uh, uh. Like I was dancing and they were like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I got a book back. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with me. <laughs> um, so like, I think it's just the openness and willingness to try new things. Mm. I cannot tell you how many things I changed in the library um, the first year, none of which I actually expected to do. I expected to like take this in nice, slow, like steps 
um, building blocks that like continued to um, build on each other so that I would have this long successful career and I still want to have that but I also realized that if someone is able to come to you and you always say yes and not just you say yes but you're like yes I want to do that it makes them want to work with you even more it does and um like I mentioned earlier we got brand new lights in our library and that was literally because one of our maintenance guys comes up to me and he's like, so what would, what would you think of getting new lights? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like what, this is possible. Yeah. Somebody's coming up to me and talking to me about getting me something new for free. Yeah. I'm like, yes, a hundred percent. What do I need to do to make this happen? Yeah. Um, and I think that has made making the changes in the library much more accepted and it has made all of my coworkers also accepting of me in ways. Mm-hmm. I had quite a few experiences during COVID that we would come out and we had like a graduation parade where they picked up their cap and gowns and they were like, you do so much as librarian that I would have never even thought a librarian would do mm-hmm. with all of the online um, that I was like, somebody gave me the opportunity. And I said, yes, yeah. that's, that, that was my answer. <laughs> Look at it and ran with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. So as you're thinking about next year, we talked a little bit about, you know, like what you're planning already, but is there any kind of new influence or new impact that you're really working towards for next year? Um, I really want to um, get better or improve my influence with our curriculum um, okay. in particular. Even though I was an English teacher, um, I still think that some of our English teachers still see me as the book lady. Yeah. Um, so there were quite a few times that they would come into the library to do research. And then I'd be like, so how, like, what are, how are we co-teaching? And they're like, Oh no, I taught everything before we came down. I was like, why are you coming? (laughs) But you know, it's, it's just more of those building relationships. I've Mm -hmm. had success with our history department, um, kind of right off the back. They were very accepting. Um, and we tried a lot of different things, but um, kind of just getting to know the curriculum and them seeing that the library can be an integral part of the curriculum, not just um, the extra stuff. I feel like in high school, that kind of ends up being a, a dichotomy um, in the high school libraries. I've seen a lot in our district that it's either you are a research and curriculum librarian where right. you help with the, all of the research, you help with all of those um, kind of projects. And then on the other side, I've seen a lot of programming librarians in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you're one or the other and you know, trying to break the mold of being one or the other 
and wanting to do both yeah. is, you know, a challenge that I'm going to try to take on Yeah, um, because I want to be seen more of an instructional leader as well as, you know, program manager. Mm-hmm. You know, I can help with all of those things and, and, and the kids a, see that. Yeah. Are you a team of one or do you have any partners? Um, so it, it's just me at my school. I do have a full-time um, paraprofessional aide. Okay. Uh, so she's just a, a clerical aide that helps out. She's very helpful. Um, I don't know how I would be able to do as much as I do without her. Um, just in the fact that uh, one of my librarian friends says, when you lose your aide, in either the high school position or pretty much any of them, you either become an overpaid aide where all you're doing is the clerical stuff or you just end up being forgotten, kind of. It's like without having that extra person, you're not able to do all of the things that you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, Have we had some struggles between the two of us because I am a very young librarian and um, she, when we first started and I would teach a lesson, she'd be like, but we're closing the library cause you're teaching. And I was like, but you're here. <laughs> so because you're here and you're an adult yeah, and you can check out books and help with technology while I am teaching over here, we're going to leave the library open like it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, that is a struggle sometimes when you, you know, you get, you start to work with someone who has been there for a while and they, it's, mm-hmm. they want to continue the way things always have been because they don't know any different, you know? So that's, that's another part of the role as a librarian is learning how to work with people who report to you, you know, or, or in the same area as you just to, to work through that. So that's, that's good. That's good. It can be a challenge, but it's good. <laughs> so. All right. Well, you've talked a lot about your flexibility and your excitement, your enthusiasm, um, like saying yes. You know. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about our, our first year. Like you are a first year librarian and you, you've been through this now. Is there what kind of first steps could you recommend to our listeners who are who are just starting out and they're in the same shoes really as you were last year? So I would say like the first thing. Is find a mentor, your librarian bestie, a confidant, somebody that you can trust to help you on the things that you don't know because there's plenty that you do not know. Mm -hmm. Um, You may be fresh out of school, you may be, you know, have taught for a million years, but as much as you think two jobs are related, they're really not. There's so many extra things that the library does behind the scenes that you don't realize till you're in there. Um, And then there's also so many things that are district specific. So things like within budgets or having to work with certain programs to put in your budget. Um, All of those are things that having a mentor or, uh, you know, your library and bestie, your, work husband, work wife, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. um, is helpful for someone that you can pick up the phone or shoot an email to and know that you're going to get 
some sort of answer. Yeah. Um, because I cannot tell you how many times um, when I was doing budgets at the beginning of the year, I was on the phone with my librarian bestie. And I was just like, how do I do this again? I've, I've walked through the entire job aid four times in a row and I'm afraid to click next step. Sometimes it's just having that person that's like, it's okay. Yeah. Press next. <laughs> um, okay. Whatever you're about to do is not going to like make everything explode. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the same I've mentioned before is just the willingness to change. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like coming into the position, I took over for someone who retired and had been there for, I think, 15 years. Okay. And, um, you know, she did a lot of great things and she was very well liked, but I think coming in, I had the value of having a brand new perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to see the library for what it was and what I wanted it to be. Um, and I thought that that was going to be a slow process of a change over time. Um, and then things just kept happening. <laughs> and they were like, oh, do you want these free bookshelves? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> um, like, I, I feel like every, most of the compliments I get or the, um, the things that I've been most appreciated for has been like my flexibility. And if I see something's not working, I get to change it. It's like the freedom of that, that you might not be able to do as much in the classroom. Um, and I know it's a little bit different for, you know, elementary librarians. Y'all have a lot more structure in teaching than the high school does um, for the most part. But it was like, I saw that our passes were having the kids come back and forth to class um, were not working. They were like blank checks that they were like, oh, I have a pass. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but what are you here for? Like, yeah. I'm happy to have you, but how can I help? And then they would sit on the couch and play on their phone. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this isn't working for me. Um, this isn't working for the teachers because I know that's not what they sent them down here for. Right. Um, only person it's working for is the kid who wants to play on his phone. Mm-hmm. So I was able to make those changes and I, I was no longer afraid to make it during the middle of the year. I was like, heck, it's happening during the middle of the year. That's okay. It's fine that I make that change. And, you know, I know that there's a quote out there about the library being like a laboratory. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but like we have the room to experiment. Yeah. Like experiment with knowledge, experiment with our impact, experiment with the things that work and don't work. And if they don't work, that's fine. You just move on um, and try the next thing that you think could work. Um, and once you find that thing, it's really great. Um, so I, I think that's a really big thing to tell new people is like, 
it's okay to want to try something new just because it's been done for years doesn't mean that's how you have to do it. Right. Um, and that's something that's really difficult to try to do within your first year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And certain things I, I would say definitely get administrative support, you know, maybe not just on a past thing, but if it's a big thing, you might want to get yeah. <laughs> administrator buy-in before you, where you do that. But very, very good ideas there. All right. Well, Caitlin, you have shared so much with everybody and I know you're fresh out of school. So of course you're, you're learning or you're wrapping it up now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you've learned a lot from professors and different things, but what else have you found out there? That's a really good resource for you personally. Um, so one book that I found was hacking school libraries, which was really helpful. It had a lot of kind of practical knowledge, um, that was, almost immediately able to be applied, which was really helpful to kind of have as a resource. Um, Professional learning networks are everything right now. Um, I follow quite a few on Facebook, like learning librarians and future ready librarians. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also Instagram and Twitter are becoming more and more uh, relevant and being able to kind of cultivate those professional learning. I do really like Instagram because you're able to not only hear what people are doing, but you can also see it. You can see the physical product and, um, that's really great. And you're able to make connections with those people off of those physical projects, uh, that you know that you can, Mm -hmm. uh, try. And then, of course, your state and national library groups. Um, I did attend the virtual TLA this past year, and it was very helpful. Um, And a few of the people from my professional learning group and I have already uh, started applying for um, putting in proposals for those different conferences. That's exciting that you're willing to do that after one year of being in the library. That's a huge step. Oh, I, I hope it doesn't mean I'm too naive, but <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, sometimes I would recommend because I just retired from a regional position, um, but I would tell people, no, first present it at my regional level, you know, and then repeat it, you know, at the state level, because you'll have more practice than, you know, building up to it. But that's great. You're just going for it. That's awesome. I'm trying. Yeah, that's great. So Caitlin, if any, any of our listeners want to connect with you, where, where can they find you online? Um, I have both a Twitter and an Instagram. Uh, my handle is carpe, like carpe diem. Um, so C-A-R-P-E underscore librarian. Um, that also doubles as part of my last name. Um, and then I also have a blog that I've been kind of documenting, um, a lot of the eBooks, the e-arcs from NetGalley that I've been reading, but then also, a few of the things that I have experienced as a librarian. So I have a few posts about starting out and then also um, what it was like to work as a librarian during COVID-19. And that is um, Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-Y-N, R, carpenter.weebly.com. Great. Now let me ask you about Twitter and Instagram. Do you use those to feature your library? Or is it more you just talking as a librarian? What's your kind of focus with it? Um, I do have a separate Twitter account um, for my specific library. Okay. Uh, so for the school library that was created before I got there, 
So I tried to feature our school content on there for my personal, I mean, not really personal, my professional uh, Twitter and Instagram. I try to keep it focused on what I'm doing in the school library or my views on school librarianship or the reviews that I've been doing and making those professional connections. That's good. I, I like that separation and that you've thought about that already, you know, as a first year, that's kudos to you for thinking about that. So great Thank job. You. Well, Caitlin, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate talking to you and I look forward to following you and just watching how your career pr progresses and hope to see you at TLA next year as a presenter. That would be I awesome. do too. <laughs> well, thanks again and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you.